What's going on, you guys? I'm Matt. And I'm Gabe. And welcome back to another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. So today, what we're going to do is we're actually going to be breaking down a pretty heavy record. Uh, actually, might be along one of the heaviest records that we've recorded here on the podcast. Gabe, why don't you tell us who we're reviewing? Absolutely. Today, we're going to be uh, covering the new aborted record, Maniacult. Uh, this album was released on September 10th. 2021 on Century Media Records. Uh, aborted is Sven Svencho uh, de Calue on vocals, Ken Bedin on drums, Ian Jekyllis on guitars, and Stefano Francescini on bass. And uh, yeah, as Matt said, this is probably one of the heaviest records that we've touched so mm-hmm. far. Uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and just start us off? What's your overall impressions on this one? Yeah, um, so really first impressions based on listening is, is there's really no hesitation in getting into what exactly we're going to see here on the record. It, it's death metal, man. Um, it's death metal. It, it, grindcore. Yeah. Um, They're very different. <laughs> as somebody who... Uh, wow. As I, somebody who's a metalcore plebe, Matt doesn't know. Therefore, he's good to have me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we blast beats, big heavy. Um, the vocals from Sven here are just unreal. This this guy's got really good, really solid pipes, and we're we're just in it to win it, man. Absolutely, yeah. Like th- th- this album is as brutal as it gets. Um, as a relative longtime fan of Aborted, uh, really since Strict Nine Two Point One Three back in like two thousand eight, uh, they never really fail to disappoint, and I love th- how the more and more they go on, the more and more over the top that they get. This album was literally written around the idea of marketing their own horror villain and the character of Waylon, who's on the front cover. Uh, on the front cover, um, the ongoing marketing campaign of putting Waylon in other bands' album covers, notably other grind comrades like Acrania and Volvadinia, um, has been brilliant and is literally what brought them back to the forefront of my listening as of late. Okay, and that makes sense. Musical review. Um, I pretty much just put please see above statement. It's it's <laughs> grindcore, man. It's it's disgusting. But we really see some really nice accents thrown in. Uh, we see some thrashy elements. We see some groove. Uh, we see some tempo uh, drop significantly, and that's kind of sprinkled throughout the record. And it gives it a nice break, but it also adds just a little bit of extra flavor just to um, just give that little extra something something, you know? Yeah, everything is heavy and fast and fast and heavy. It's so brutal, so deep, so disgusting. This album is just 40 minutes of stank face. The The drums are never ending, and it makes me question how someone is able to keep up for a full set of playing these songs. After seeing Rings of Saturn live, like I know that it can be done, but it never really ceases to amaze me. So when you said that it's fast and heavy and heavy and fast, I was literally sitting here thinking like, Okay, Abby. <laughs> um, so, so the um, the reason I say that is uh, actually off camera. We it was before we were recording. I can't remember what episode is. We actually had pulled up the, I believe the Ice Nine Kills song that was uh, based around Assault and Batteries. Yep, yep. And it was funny. So Gabe and I are sitting here, and after the song is, Gabe turns to his wife and is like, "So what do you think?" And it just quiet for a second and. It's fast. <laughs> and that was it. And we're just like, anything else? And she kind of looks. And there, there was like a, a very shy expression. And she's like, no. <laughs> um, lyrical impressions. Um, nah. <laughs> so 
there there are common themes that are present in pretty close to every genre of music. So, I mean, we've heard these themes sung and screamed, at least in some capacity. There's falling into madness, institutions keeping us stupid and consuming, truths being twisted to fit someone's agenda, etc., are all present on the record. Then we also get songs like A Vulgar Quagmire and Grotesque that are just textbook grindcore, and they're extremely vulgar songs. And it's it's really not great. If you're curious, you can read the lyrics yourself, but just be aware of the vulgarity of the matter that they will present. Yeah, yeah. I mean, grotesque and vulgar quagmire, they're about poop in in a very clean way to put it that's that's probably <laughs> the that and and you explaining it like that is literally the cleanest way to do it because like you get into it and it's just so over the top just grotesque yeah yeah that no, like it, it, it's it, yeah <laughs> yeah like it, it's there if that's your cup of tea good for you um we're not really going to touch the lyrics for the rest of this podcast uh, the, the rest of it's going to be just about uh, the the musical content and mm. and that kind of stuff. But uh, if if you really want to go and try your hand at that, go for it. But More uh, power to honestly, you, yeah. I'm not gonna recommend it. Yeah, I, I love these guys, and I'm not gonna recommend it. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. Uh, we'll jump into the artwork, and we get the band name up in the top left corner, and then we get the album name down on the bottom, actually in the middle of the cover, in a much smaller font. Uh, looking at the artwork, we see a man which you said is named Waylon. Yeah, his name is Waylon. Uh, that's like their character that they created. Okay, so kind of like Eddie for uh, Iron Maiden. Yes, uh, exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so we have Wayland sitting cross-legged in what looks like a very um, burned-down forest. It's it's almost a, a wasteland look. Wearing rubber gloves, holding a knife in his right hand. Um, Wayland's mask reminds me a lot of some of the masks that Corey Taylor's used with Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the ground around the man we see, li- or around Waylon, I should clarify, we see lit candles as well as the decayed heads of two very dead people. Various disgusting-looking worm things with human-like faces surrounding Waylon, and then in the background we see a uh, satanic squid, uh, yeah, I, I, monster I, thing. I, I honestly don't even know anymore. Like uh, th- this is kind of one of those things where you really just need to see yeah. the uh, the album cover. It's it's kind of wild i mean it's it's on par for an aborted record like really basically everything that they've done since strict 9 2.13 has been just really bright colorful these crazy weird grotesque monster things and like it's cool like if that's your cup of tea they look really cool the Mm -hmm. art's really well done on them uh, yeah, that they, like you, you really have to just go look at them. Like, yeah, it speaks to what you're going to be listening to. Like the the logo of the band name, the overall just vibe of the album. Like when you look at this album cover, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, it, it pretty it pretty much screams grindcore. Like there there's really no ifs ands or buts about it. Like you're not going to look at this album art and think, oh, I'm getting into a pop record. Like it, it's yeah. just not it's just not going to be a thing. Yeah, for for album number eleven, like it's keeping on par with everything else. Mm-hmm. I I don't see them changing it up anytime soon. Their last album, Terror Vision, which came out in 2018, had the exact same thing kind of going on with it, uh, just a different color scheme and different dudes. But yeah, like it's fun. It, I, I just go check it out. Yeah, for sure. Sh- <laughs> for sure. And with that, we'll go ahead and jump into the track by track breakdown, where we break it down track by track, as Matt so lovingly puts it. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> We're gonna kick off the album with Verderf. 
Uh, this song is, uh, the title is Dutch for the word decay. Uh, it's mostly instrumental, super apocalyptic, nice and heavy. It just small spattering of vocals, and it's just a fun way to start the album. What do you got for this one, Matt? Yeah, this one's definitely a style that we haven't seen on the podcast for a while, but it's definitely something that bands do a lot with the first song, having it be uh, very reminiscent of a intro to a live show, uh, being that really that slow build into what a, a really big booming uh, back half of this song. We see it with songs like awakening by bless the fall dead thrown by the devil wears prada just naming a couple examples just right off the top of my head uh it clocks in just under three minutes we got that slow build like you said and it, again it just booms in the last minute or so and the cool thing about the build is it's almost an ethereal vibe mm -hmm. and i i just i dig it man um then we jump into the title track of the record mania cult and there is no hesitation to this song at all yeah, th th this song slaps. We, we get a ton of different vocal styles from Sven, and it's super awesome to hear. The drums really bring the heat, and Ian just never stops really bringing the mad riffs. Mm -hmm. The middle breakdown features Joe Badalotto, uh from Fit for an Autopsy, and it was just stupid heavy before the solo brings in, and the solo is stupid nasty, and the ending riffs are stupid cool and something I want to learn myself. Like, <laughs> I, I really like this song. <laughs> yeah. No, this one, this one's solid. Uh, blast beats under some really thick, groovy riffage. Uh, Sven's vocal range in this song, it goes from demonic to something reminiscent of a banshee with a cold. Like, it, it's <laughs> the, the sounds this guy produces are just filthy. Portion of the song gets pulled down in tempo quite a bit, but it feels right at home with placement. I think drums have to take MVP on this track. Honestly, drums kind of take MVP on most of this album. Honestly, Can, like as we listen through it, I 100% stand behind it. And I, I think the drums might be the best part. I'm almost sure that Ken is a robot. Yeah. But, I can but like, it. he's got to be like part of the same force that built Alex Bent. Because there's no way these guys are humans. Yeah. Then we move on to Impetus Odie, which is going to be the first single and the first song that was written for the album. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we see Sven and the rest of the band experimenting with some black metal influence with the riffs and vocal styles that showcase uh, the, the same vocal styles from black metal showcase throughout the song as well. Mm -hmm. The post-solo the post groove is super fun, and we get a really healthy smattering of some goblin vocals, too. Uh, that we don't really get to hear much from Sven. And honestly, I want to hear more of it because yeah. I find those vocals just fascinating. It's something that I'm not capable of doing yet. Uh, at least I haven't found the right technique for it without hurting myself. Like, That's fair. I, I enjoy hearing those kind of things, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And this one, so unfortunately, vocally, is there's some pretty poor enunciation of words on this one. And oh, it's yeah, kind of sloppy. Anything. Tom Barber, I'm looking at you. Um, we get the obligatory blast beats and the tremolo picking, which makes sense for the kind of black metal vibe that you were getting out of it. Um, it seems to be mainstays in the composition that you would find in, um, you see it in death metal, you see it in grindcore, you see it in black metal. So, and they, they really don't veer away from that. And that's definitely there. We do get the fluctuating guitar styles, uh, allowing Ian to really showcase what he's capable of doing. Um, I also just want to really point out the solo. It's fast, but it's really tasteful. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I just appreciate the heck out of that. Jumping right into Portal of Vacuity, uh, the tone that's used to start the song, it vocally sounds a bit like a metalcore track, mm -hmm. uh, just with that mid-tone. 
it doesn't last as we're ripped into what the band is really trying to do, which is just grindcore and just be disgustingly heavy. It's a little bit of musical whiplash, but I'm getting a little bit of technical death metal vibes in this one, as opposed to the more grindcore sound. Definitely. um, So it's kind of nice that we're not just getting outright balls to the wall speed and drums again, just, continue well, to kill it there 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 absolutely is balls to the wall speeds oh there this is, is th- but this is the fastest song on the record at 328 be- beats pe- beats per minute okay which is ungodly that, yeah fast. which is insane <laughs> but but it's cool it, it's cool because it doesn't it doesn't just go the whole time is it's a lot more pulled back in a larger portion of the song than we see in a lot of the other ones here. Yeah, Ken's drumming is off the charts and his transitions are flawless throughout the song. And I'd honestly love to watch him perform this and other songs live. Um, The middle of the song has a a down bit before it breaks and cuts into the big soaring solo instrumental. Mm -hmm. And then the doubled up second solo has such a cool tone before it goes into that final breakdown and just lays waste to the rest of the track. Like it it is just an utter decimation of everything and every speaker that this pumps through. And I love it so much. Yeah, it's it's some of that good heavy following Portal of Acuity. We have Dementophobia. Yep. What's up? Opening riff is too short. It, it, yeah, th- th- this song like definitely brings the core to the grindcore side of their music. Yeah, and I love it. the The punk influence is absolutely heard, and this song is as catchy as one of their songs can be for mm-hmm. being a, a grindcore band. Um, the ending breakdown is literally a hardcore breakdown, and no one can tell me different. Like it may be a little bit heavier and a bit more technical, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like their core roots are just shown so heavily through this song. Yeah. The the ending breakdown, I honestly feel like would have been something that would have come out like out of turnstile. But obviously okay. like if turnstile were to play it, like it, it feels like the same thing that they would be able to do. Okay. Yeah, and that that makes sense. This one really grooves hard. I don't want to say too much because I, I really would recommend you guys hear it for yourselves. The guitar solo is just mad, mad tasty in this one. Yeah. Then we move on to this the first song about poop. A vulgar quagmire. Giggity. Funny you should say that, because in the uh, Apple Music interview that Sven had done, oh, uh, no. he says that this song is also about quagmire, because he is also a vulgar character in Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, um, so a uh, fun little fact about... Uh, about Aborted, they, they include one song on every album about poop. Apparently on Terror Terror Vision, they forgot to do that. (laughs) Like Sven literally says, I was stupid and forgot to put one on there. So as a result, this album now has two. (laughs) Got to make up for uh, lost time, I guess. uh, Aborted is one of those bands that like on the surface is very gross and icky. But as you get deeper down, it's just literally a bunch of dudes who are super immature. Yeah. Just a bunch of 12-year-old guys. Yeah, basically 12-year-old guys with a thesaurus. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, th- this one feels a lot more black metal than previous tracks. And that that's really all I've got on this. Yeah, this one, um, I'm, I'm going to read you word for word my notes on this. Oh, boy. Heh, <laughs> giggity. L- lyrically, not giggity and very vulgar. This has a really easy tempo to bob your head to, but the song overall is a little bit on the forgettable side. I saw the I saw the quagmire and I had to run with it. Of course you did. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna get into the next song, which is Verbulgan, which 
I don't know if you got a translation for it that. It is Dutch for disgusted. Sick. Um, I didn't actually look that up, so thank you for having that. I found out because of the Apple Music interview. Uh, Sven just went ahead and clarified it. <laughs> that ends up working out okay. So th- th- sounding like something from a movie soundtrack, this song has piano that just plays. This is, this is an instrumental song. It's definitely on the unsettling side with elements of an orchestra and some like scraping sounds in the background. It just makes this a really chilling song. Uh, I, I gotta say, I really dig this instrumental quite a bit. Same. So this is actually written by the drummer, Ken. Okay. Which is super cool. Um, the band really just like suggested to break up the brutality and relentless assault with something to change it up so it doesn't become so monotonous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this song is strictly a piano interlude, and I'm in love with it. Yeah. And then the next song hits, and we jump into Ceremonial Ineptitude featuring Ryo Kinoshita from Crystal Lake. Matt, why don't you hit me with this one? I think thus far this is the strongest vocal performance on the record. Sven wastes no time putting those disgustingly heavy vocals over an instrumental that literally is just bludgeoning heavy. The song honestly feels like you are literally being smacked by a sledgehammer. (laughs) And then you get into Rio's feature, and he is just disgusting. And we... We have seen a number of features with him recently. Uh, you look at his feature on holy the kind of reissue of Holy Roller by Spirit Box. Uh, we've seen his feature on the uh, Fit for a King's God for, God of Fire. Uh, he, we've seen him actually play Backbreaker with them live. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned uh, Sledgehammer, and I want to bring this up from the Apple Music interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- this is on, regarding the track Revolga and the track that's right before this one. Uh, it, he says, uh, this time around, we really wanted to have something to cool things off and not pummel you relent- relentlessly. So when the next song hits, it's like taking a sledgehammer to your teeth again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? They did a good job. And yes. I, I just got to say to uh, uh, just not only the bands in Aborted, but as well as Rio, which is well done, you guys. Yeah. No, like th- th- this song is super awesome. And you know what else is super awesome? The next song, Drag Me <laughs> to Hell, which features <laughs> Philip Danielson from uh, Humanity's Last Breath. This oh, intro is rad. Oh, it's so good. And naturally, being an all being like all about the horror universe, they had to do a horror movie related song. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is, according to Sven, based off the Sam Raimi film "Drag Me to Hell," okay. and, which is apparently an over the top horror movie. Like, aborted is over the top grindcore band. Like, yeah, I've never seen the movie. I'm not a horror movie person at all. Uh, it's I, I get scared easily. Uh, <laughs> I think the only Sam Raimi horror films, and they're Honestly, not really is Evil Dead. All the Spider-Man. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Spider-Man's coming. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it starts very open and dark and relatively slow for an aborted song, uh, which, honestly, I think is kind of cool. It kind of breaks things up. And then they just they do what aborted does and just bring in this relentless assault of of debilitating riffs. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Phillips feature is disgusting the brutality kicks in after a minute and it's just an utterly relentless beating of brutality uh and according to sven the song is literally about the movie 
That's like awesome. There, there, there is no hidden meaning whatsoever. It is about this movie. <laughs> Dude, that's so dope. So, and um, just on the same topic of Philip's uh, vocal feature, is it compliments Sven's voice oh, just so, so well. It's, it's just an absolutely seamless inclusion here on the record. Uh, or at least on the song, I should say. I mean, the, y'all, y'all know that groovy. we like features. Mm-hmm. We we do like features here. Yeah, and and especially if it's a tasteful feature mm-hmm. like that, it's just that icing on the cake. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, again, this one's really groovy, similar to what we've seen uh, previously on the record. But there is still a very strong loyalty to the formula. Uh, that many bands in honestly even in death metal use and then it, it, as well as grindcore so it, it definitely is nice to see that they're keeping really strong to the roots uh but it, there is that fluctuation allowing this song to have that little bit of room to breathe yeah and i, I think this one's actually in between this one and maniac cult are like my two favorites on this album okay um the next song we've got here is Grotesque, which Poop is... Poop song number two. Poop song number two, and it's, it's pretty much just textbook grindcore. It's fast guitars, fast drums, grotesque lyrics, and heavy vocals. Uh, song might be the most forgettable on the record. Got a section or two of mad grooving, but nothing really to just change my mind. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> And then the last song here on this record is I Predileti, The Folly of the Gods, featuring Ben Dur of Shadow of Intent. And just two words, man. Ben Dur. That man should not make those sounds out of his face. Look him up on Google. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt told me to do that because I'm like, man, Matt, uh, Ben's vocal feature on this is just super gnarly. And he's like, yeah, he shouldn't do that, but looking the way he does. And I'm like, what? So I look him up, and this dude straight up looks like he's the the white conservative Christian brother of Drew from Straight from the Path. <laughs> like the yeah, it, I love it there, so much. There's no there's no way, and it, this song even outside of just Ben and his vocal performance, both him and Sven vocally just rip this song apart, and the the instrumentals back it up so well. I. I don't want to say this is my favorite song just because Ben Dur's on it, but you can say it's it it's going to be my favorite song probably. <laughs> yeah, th- th- this one like it's a great closer for the album. One hundred percent. Stupid heavy. It just does all sorts of nasty, crazy things. It's honestly kind of the most melodic song on the album too, which is kind mm-hmm. of funny. Um, the instrumental break in the last minute and a half of the album was just utterly disgusting. Matt and I were both listening to it together, and we just look at each other when it happened, and we could see both the joy, terror, fear, and deliciousness in each other's eyes. It, it was phenomenal, and I was here for it. Yeah, and, and again, just an absolutely grand way to close it out. So that's going to wrap up our track-by-track breakdown on the record. Now what we're going to do is go into our tentacle rating, where we're going to rate this on a scale of one to eight tentacles. Gabe, why don't you take this off? I'm going to be completely honest. Like, It's a 7 out of 8 for me. I, I like this album a lot. Really? I, I like Aborted. It's not going to be an 8 out of 8 just because this is really more of just a fun record for me. Yeah. It, it's not going to be something that like I hold near and dear to my heart, but it's something that I can return to if I really get in those kind of moods, like Sign yeah. of the Swarm or uh, Obviously Aborted, Cattle Decapitation, Infant mm-hmm. Annihilator, all those kind of guys. Like, I don't know that any one of them could ever really put out a true 8 out of 8 for me. Okay. Because, I mean, even listening to all these songs, like none of them are going to be particularly memorable because at the end of the day, like they're grindcore bands. They're, yeah. they're there to be fast, over-the-top, heavy, and ridiculous. 
and that's great and all. I have a special love in my heart for that, but at the same time, like it doesn't really hold a lot of meaning for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't find any sort of restitution in these lyrics that would affect me personally. Yeah. Which is okay. Like, th- there's going to be a place for that, just like there's a place for stupid songs like Emo Kid. Like, it's a stupid song. Nobody's going to emotionally identify with that song, but you can right. still enjoy it. And um, so I, I feel like that's where kind of like it, it's a weird separation between like the albums that I would normally rate really high and albums like this. And this one, it just it, it was pure enjoyment for me to listen to. Yeah. But it's never going to be something that I can like call my favorite or put in contender for like album of the year or anything yeah like that. and and it sounds like kind of you know based on what i you're explaining is it sounds a little bit like it's just it's just scratching that itch that you kind of you kind of have but it's just you're you know it, it's just enough to scratch the itch and nothing more exactly but it, it, it's just a fun little it fills the vacuum of the never-ending search for something heavier yeah which is I mean, it, it, like, there's obviously a bottom to it, and mm-hmm. it just depends on who you talk to and what you consider that bottom to be. Some people will just think it's the guitar turned down all the way. Some people will say it's just ridiculous amounts of vocals. Like, it, it's just, it's really going to vary, and to each person, it's going to be their mm-hmm. own. For me, I enjoy this stuff, and I know, like, for you, this isn't really something that's normally your cup of tea. Mm-hmm. You usually kind of hang a little bit, a little bit more in, like, the uh, the watered-down white people version of things. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But um, whereas I like to I explore, hate how you're not wrong. <laughs> but I like to explore a lot more, like yeah. the extreme metal side of things. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I I know for a fact that mine's going to be rated higher, unless you just decide to change it on me here. But <laughs> so with me, as I'm sitting it, uh, I put it as a five out of eight. Um, I definitely found the enjoyments in this one, and it it kind of opens my eyes a little bit to grindcore, and I I did find some enjoyment in it. It is something that I plan to probably come back to at some point it's probably not going to be one of those records where uh, like the love and death record or even what the dead men say by trivium where i can sit there and just put the record on and just have it on repeat and i can sit there and just listen to the record multiple times back to back Mm -hmm. i i'm not going to have that happen really with me is this is kind of going to be one of those records where i just kind of pull it out listen to it once through maybe twice through and just kind of just um you know, okay, that scratches the itch and just kind of move on. It, I really enjoyed a lot of the different elements brought into it, and I think it just gave me a a, a new kind of appreciation for grindcore. And even, uh, even though this is again a much different style from death metal, but because you can see the death metal roots very evidently, is being able to find the appreciation from that as well as just kind of. Uh, Again, it, it's something that I may look into listening to more. Yeah, absolutely, and I and I respect that. Like, honestly, anybody could rate this, and I would respect their rating on it, mm-hmm. depending on like where they are, who they are from, kind of thing in their musical taste. Like, I get it. Yeah, it, it's it is not for everybody. It, it's not, and <laughs> I I've definitely, and I think partly with not only you but my roommate is my my exposure into more of the extreme metal has definitely grown like i found an appreciation for styles that i hadn't before um between you and my roommate like behemoth's a band that i've kind of been um brought into a little bit of death's material and then just various other death metal and a little bit of again black metal bands and then now i've got aborted to add to that list of just stuff i've been exposed to and 
extreme metal wasn't ever something that I shied completely away from. Like I'm a big fan of deathcore. I mean, Whitechapel and Thy Artist Murder are two of my favorite bands, which speaking of favorite bands, check out that episode if you have not already, where we kind of break down why those bands are so good. Yeah, give us a lot more views on that one, because that one's actually like one of our poor poor uh, performing ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of sad. Yeah, no kidding, um, right? But I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and even just outside of those two bands being a couple of my favorites, but like Chelsea Grin, Suicide Silence being a couple of other deathcore bands, which you see a lot of that death metal influence. And uh, even with bands like Lorna Shore and uh, Carnifex, is you see elements of various extreme metal styles that are brought in. So again, it's not something that I've completely shied away from, but it's just, I haven't been able to kind of find the kind of the thing that I've really gravitate to within it, kind of find which one really clicks with me. And I think aborted with this record is I think I'm kind of starting to find my, um, kind of find my traction and kind of find what what I'm into in in this genre. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but that is going to do it today for aborted. <laughs> oh, that was great! I just got mad, just like very confused to why I stopped and how I stopped and everything. That was that was fantastic. Anyway, so that that is actually going to do it today for a uh, uh, midnight cult by aborted. Uh, and it wasn't me forgetting the name of the album and or just messing up my Dude, own words I or anything like that. That I definitely was what it was. I watched that happen, and it looked like you just completely shut down. Like, <laughs> Gabe, are you good, dude? I recently moved to like a very weird shifted job where I start work at 1 a.m., so my, my uh my internal clock's a little messed up. Yeah. But uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to go into the hidden track where we talk about something unrelated from the album we just reviewed. Matt, why don't you go ahead and start us off today? Yeah, absolutely. So... Ice Nine Kills dropped a new song. September 9th, they dropped a music video for Rainy Day, and it's got some of the really good chugging that we've seen before. Uh, very much focus on the clean vocals, but we do get uh, some screaming vocals provided by, I believe, Spencer's the vocalist's name. Yeah, uh, possibly. I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong, but um, Ice, Nine vo- Ice Nine Kills vocalist, um, he does a lot of the clean vocals, but we do get some screaming and a, a pretty good breakdown. It's very much groovy, uh, groovier than heavy on this one. This one's inspired by Resident Evil, and if you watch the music video, it's extremely evident. You see the umbrella, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's just it's just on They're the They're really nose. leaning into the horror mm-hmm. uh, side of things. Yeah, it, which makes sense. I mean, this is the silver scream, too. Yeah. Um, and it's, I can't remember the other part, something in Horrorwood. Yeah, so, again, they're just really leaning into it. A really cool uh, feature that was actually in the uh, music video was from Ash Costello of New Year's Day. Uh, so I thought that was actually kind of cool. And it's really easy to, to figure out who she is mm-hmm. in the video just because she's had a really iconic look. Um, if you are not familiar, I definitely recommend looking her up and you'll see exactly what it is that makes her just easy to pick up in a crowd. So uh, solid song. It's got some really good riffage again, uh, good chugging. And then that breakdown is just really, really groovy. Uh, what do you got for us? Uh, so I got two things that I want to talk about today. Uh, the first one is going to be uh, Real Friends has released a new song 
plus like three sort of new songs. Okay. Um, so recently they released uh, Nervous Break and Storyteller, which are the two new songs featuring the new singer. Okay. Uh, they also re- they released an EP yesterday, uh, yesterday being the 9th, uh, sorry, 10th, uh, so 10th of September. And it featured a new song called Teeth, which was like an acoustic rendition. Uh, they also had a full band version of the song, which was like your just full band pop punk song. Uh, then on that same EP, they also included Nervous Break and Storyteller. And then they also included versions of those songs that were reimagined as what it was labeled as, but it just like basically was more poppy versions. Okay. Um, I don't really understand the whole point of continuing to re-release some of these songs like they've already released nervous break and storyteller like i feel like this is just kind of gratuitous and trying mm-hmm. to throw out an ep at this point with the new uh with the new singer um i definitely miss dan lampton it's not the same band anymore without him and especially because he was kind of like the primary uh lyric writer there's definitely a shift in that and it doesn't really feel like it's real friends anymore it gotcha. feels like it's it, it just feels like kind of your generic pop punk band anymore unfortunately um, yeah, so th- th- there's that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up is uh, the full uh, album of Enter Sandman's uh, 30-year anniversary. Enter Sandman. Wow. <laughs> wow, dog. Wow. The full rendition of the 30-year anniversary of the Black album that Metallica did is out. So that includes 53 different covers from 53 different artists uh, of various uh, Metallica songs. And honestly, most of them are better than the originals. Like, I feel like this was a brilliant move by Metallica, and all of these artists are getting some sort of recognition for that, and they all did a phenomenal job. I've, I've yet to hear one that I haven't liked so far. Mm-hmm. And so I really do recommend checking that out. Uh, easily, hands down, Ghost's version of Enter Sandman is better than anything that Metallica could ever do to that song again, and I will die on this hill. <laughs> All right, yeah. But that is going to do it for us today. We do appreciate you guys taking the time and listening to this very short, or actually, I think our shortest podcast yet. We're at like 33 minutes right now. Wow. Yeah. We, we blasted through that. We really did. We went faster than his drum kicks. <laughs> um, but we do appreciate it if you would like, rate, comment, and subscribe to us on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, Amazon, uh, Spotify, wherever else that you get your podcasts. Uh, if you would also follow us on our variety of social medias, we are on Facebook. We're not on Twitter because Twitter is icky unless you want to start beef with us. Uh, we're also available on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And, uh, yeah, that's really going to do it for us today. And uh, we will see you later. We'll catch you in the next one.